At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. As a veteran, I live with health impacts from my service. VA healthcare means you're in 100% control of your own medical care, your own benefits, and it only takes minutes to set up. A veteran should enroll in VA healthcare because it ensures that they get quality, high-level care for the rest of their lives. My service was then. My benefits are now. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for the type or amount of benefits mentioned here. You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of redlegnation.com. <laughs> Welcome to Episode 8 of the world-famous Red Leg Nation Radio Podcast. I'm your host for this thrill ride. My name is Chad Dotson of RedLegNation.com. I'm here at uh, Red Leg Nation World Headquarters. Joining me tonight by telephone are two of my fellow editors here at Red Leg Nation, Bill Lack and Chris Garber. You guys ready to roll? Let's go. Do it. All right. Bill, we'll start with you. Um, topic number one here. The Reds are, I guess we're about a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. Any thoughts on the team that's in place right now at this moment? I think the first question is: is is this team any better than the team that finished? You know, the team that ended 08. I, I think that's a big question, and personally, I don't think they're much better. Yeah, I agree, Chris. What do you think? Yeah, I've got the same fear. I think they've really made no uh, significant additions. And they're counting on certain players who had exceptional years last not, last year to do it again, especially in the pitching staff. So a lot of things have to go right, and there's not a whole lot of the people who can play significantly better than they did last year. I guess maybe Brandon Phillips and Encarnacion may take a step, but they haven't done a whole lot yet to get better. Uh, I agree with that. I think maybe Joey Votto uh, might take a step forward, and Jay Bruce, uh, if we're lucky as well, but lost a lot. Lost a lot in terms of offense, um, and I'm not sure how they're. And gonna... haven't added much. Exactly. Uh, well, you're, wait a minute. What are you talking about? We have fast Willie Tavares. Uh... Yeah, we do. <laughs> and we have what's left of Ramon Hernandez behind the plate too. Exactly. Yeah. What are you talking about, Bill? They've added a lot of offense. Yeah, and, and you know we may only go with two catchers this year. No, it's impossible. <laughs> Can't be done. <laughs> no. There's some, Isn't that a league rule that you have to carry three catchers? It's an organizational bylaw, at least, or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we'll do without uh, three catchers. I've never never heard of anything like that. But uh, you know, seriously, I mean, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's um, out of the realm of possibility that the pitching staff as a whole is going to improve. Um, I expect Harang to recover some. I, I expect Arroyo to be up and down like he always is, and I expect Cueto to be better. But I, I, I don't expect Volquez to, to duplicate his year he had last year. And 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 you do you know you expect the number five starter to be better than the schmoes that they ran out there last year. 
Yeah, Chris? Whether that's Homer Bailey or someone else, I, I you got to kind of be a little bit better. It, I think that this organization may be a little faster to pull the pull the plug on a, a really flailing uh, fifth starter more than than they were in the past. I, I think Krisky wasn't bad about that. I think I think the O'Brien era, you saw too much rope being given. Maybe it's because the worst players then were guys like Eric Milton who were making the most money. But they've, they've been pretty decent, I thought, about getting, you know, not running a guy out there for seven or eight ERA for too awful long. Yeah, and, they, and they've got a lot, of, a, a lot more choices for that five spot, too, now. Yeah, yeah who, who do we think are the options for that fifth spot? I don't know that the fifth spot on the Reds is the most important spot in baseball to be considering now, but does Homer Bailey have the inside track on that? My guess would be uh, Micah Owings might have that inside track. That's, oh, that's, that's just a guess. Uh, see, I yeah, would probably. still think it would be Bailey because the, just because of the money. Uh, I mean, he's a number one draft pick, and they get a lot of rope. Now that's 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 absolutely true. I just I don't know Owings. I, you'd think they they really only thing they got unless they decide to carry uh uh, uh what's Wilkin Castillo or uh, whatever his name was from the Dunn trade. But other than that, Owings is really the only thing out of that Dunn trade. I, I would think they might give him a little bit of rope early on uh, to see if he could be that guy. But I, he, maybe he should be the left fielder. I don't know. Better thought than some of the other ones I'm hearing. Yeah. The, the the other ish the other thing that I've heard batted around and I, I I'm not convinced the Reds would be willing to do this at this point would be using Bailey in a in a relief role. I'm all for it. Well, I've certainly I've certainly talked about that for for years that that the Reds should consider more of the Earl Weaver strategy of developing young pitchers out of the bullpen first, but it may be a little bit late for for poor Homer on that one. Yeah, that's something they really should have done, uh, if not uh, this 2008, this past year. Definitely the year before, they should have really started thinking about that. Not, uh, well, the Reds don't do very well thinking outside the box. I think we've all seen that. But Yeah, yeah. Or thinking more than one step ahead is, seems to be a difficulty, too. Exactly, exactly. Well, I, I, I kind of agree. I think that, you know, if, if you're wanting to be optimistic, I think the pitching, uh, there's a chance the pitching could be uh, on the whole better. Um, the I don't know about the bullpen, the starting pitching. I can't expect Volquez to uh, repeat what he did, but you expect him to be pretty good. And and I wouldn't be surprised to see steps forward by uh, the fifth spot, whoever that's going to be, and by Harang and, and Cueto. Um, Arroyo is he's he's Arroyo, I guess. He eats innings. Um, yeah, he's going to be up and down. He, you know, you're going to have you're going to have ten good. You know, you'll get ten good starts from him, and probably five horrendous starts and five decent starts. Yeah, it's about. Yeah, uh, I think that. Go ahead. I, I think they should have tried to trade Arroyo at, when his value's at the highest, and, and I don't know if that's today, but it, it's it might be pretty close to today. I think he's a guy who, you know, if he lines those those ten really good starts up at the right time, could make a real difference uh, coming down the playoff stretch or or in the postseason for a team. And I think that some teams see that value there, and you know, I think he's one of the few pieces that the Reds can trade. And, and when you look down the road, I think you've got. Three years more on his contract, counting this one. I think so. At, at pretty significant money. It, it, that's going to be a contract you're going to want to be out from under in 2011. So. Yeah, I, I think he should. Be, he should at the top of the list of uh, players the Reds should consider as trade bait. I, yeah, I wouldn't have any problem at all with the Royal being being there. Yeah, that, that's the nice thing about having some depth in the in the rotate in the in the starting youth. 
um, you know, the, the Maloney's and the and the the uh, Bailey's and the Thompsons and the Owings. Absolutely. Um, can we close the book on the Jimmy Haynes era then of uh, Reds having uh, zero starting pitchers? It seems like it right now. I mean, uh, you know, and we've spent you know what five minutes here talking about pitching, and, and I think we all agree that, that the problems this team are going to have are probably not going to come from from that from the pitching staff. Um, I agree. Uh, that ought to be, a, you would think, a strength. Um, although I do want to note that I'm really disappointed in all three of us that we've mentioned uh, Eric Milton and Jimmy Haynes now uh, already. No, no, you have mentioned Eric Milton and Jimmy Haynes. <laughs> no, I don't think that's true. I'll have to check the tape on that one. Um, well, what's going to be bad on this team? The, the offense is liable to be no better than uh, they were last year. The defense, uh, has it improved any? Walt Jockey acts like it has. Yeah. You know, I, that's that's been amazing to me is how and more than one person is, is on the blogs and on the lists and has talked about how the, you know, the defense is going to be their byword. And I, I don't see it. I mean, no matter who you play at shortstop, you've got a you know a, a recovering Gonzalez, you got Harrison, you got Kepinger. Unless they keep Yanish, who can't hit, you know you got problems at, at, at shortstop. You got a catcher coming off a horrible year. Um, Tavares has had two bad years in defense, and you know playing uh, two bad years in a row. We don't even know who the left fielder is going to be. I, I don't see how the defense is any better. I think the real problem is that in, in Walt Jockety's mind, if a guy can't hit, that means he must be able to play good defense. So he just went out and find a bunch of found a bunch of guys who can't hit. There go, we're going to have a better defensive club. And I don't I don't know that it works that way. Well, it's a strategy, if nothing else. He's got some kind of a strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think he was right. I think Hernandez is a question mark. I remember him in in San Diego from when I lived there, and he was a decent catcher. He wasn't quite as as good as he was advertised for coming from Oakland. Um, and he's now, what, four or five years older than that. Shortstop, those guys are, unless you go with Giannis, who can't hit a lick, like Bill said, there's not a lot of good options unless Gonzalez turns, you know, is healthy, which is questionable. And I don't know that he was that great to begin with. Um, he was better with the bat, but worse with the glove than, than he was advertised, I think, when we signed him. And, you know, to the first is an interesting question. I think the metrics show him as being having two terrible years in Oakland. I mean, in, in Colorado, but they don't fit with the rest of his career. And, and that park being so strange and so big, I, I haven't looked into it enough to know if those numbers are just skewed by the ballpark or not. Yeah, I think that's yeah. another area. If you want to be try to be optimistic here, um, they are the numbers are a little bit strange defensively with respect to Tavares. Uh, the last two years being out of line with what he did when he was with Houston. So I guess that's something you could uh, chalk up into the column if you're trying to be optimistic that that might uh, might improve and might not. Uh, we might not be as as bad out there as we've been. Yeah, I, I still kind of question defensive the defensive uh, ratings to begin with. I, I I don't understand them completely. I readily admit that, but they just seem awful, awfully gray and open to interpretation to me. Well, the, the, well, I, go ahead. Well, I, I think the, I mean I, I don't dispute the idea that that they should be trying to get better at defense because you know Tampa was an example. I think we talked about back in the summer, and then you know everybody and their brother talked about it once they went to the World Series. But that was a big part of their uh, their improvement over. 2007-2008 was the um, the better job they did at turning batted balls into outs. And it, it, the defensive metrics aren't perfect, and they're, they are hard to understand, but I think 
if you look at just such a, a baseline number as in batted balls put into outs, I think that's probably fair. Um, and as a team especially, they did a lot better job at that. So if the Reds could find a way to do that, and usually defense is cheaper than offense, but, uh, you know, I think they, they may have swung too far in that direction or they had a problem where the only guys that, that played good defense couldn't hit, and then they just kind of went farther down that path. So now we've got a team with maybe three decent hitters, four decent hitters, and only one of them is a, is a really good out, or a really good defender, and that's Brandon Phillips. I think I'm going to yeah. jump off the bridge tonight. <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah, well, that's the scary. other thing is, I, you know, everybody is, is, you know, everybody wants to compare their team to Tampa Bay at this point when they're struggling the way the Reds have, and and Chris just did it, and, and I'm wondering, you know, is it a fair comparison? They play in different kinds of ballparks, you know. Is the is the what is it now? It's not the Tropicana Field anymore, whatever it is where Tampa plays now. Uh, is that a is that a an offensive ballpark like Great American? Is it a bigger ballpark? I don't know that much about that ballpark. I know it's. I went to a game there, like watching a baseball game in a shopping mall. It was fantastic. <laughs> it's me, me and thirty or forty of my closest friends. It was just wonderful. About uh, five or six years the, ago. I think the real key for the for the Reds to emulate Tampa Bay is they got to find someone to trade a Scott Casimir for the equivalent of Victor Zambrano. Right. When you can pull off that kind of deal. Then you're on the way to a, a championship. I, I don't know if I'm going to count on uh, Walt Jockey to do that. Maybe, maybe, maybe he will. I don't know. I, I can't remember who was. Uh, that, that was after. I don't know if Steve Phillips was the GM in the mess when that happened or not. But I think, uh, I think it was Steve Phillips. Yeah. yeah. So. And then that's you know, of course, to bring it back to the Reds, we can all remember how we passed on Scott Casimir to take the immortal Chris Brewer. Oh. Mm. So. Uh, what if we had Scott Kasner now and uh, uh, Tim Lincecum? We could have passed on him as well. Could have both those guys right now right, in our starting right, right. Uh What yeah. if? What if? Well, what if? How about this? If, if Tavares does improve defensively, but his on-base percentage is 308 again, and, and uh, slugging is 296 again over 500 at bats, how, how big a black hole is that going to be? Especially if he, Dusty Baker leads him off. Well, I think a better question is: Will Baker do the same thing again that he did last year with Patterson? You know, will it, will he give him that much rope? You know, at some point last year, you know, Baker even cut off Patterson and and, and moved in another direction. Now injuries kind of forced him to move back, but you know, the problem I think with the with the two guys, you know, that we've been talking about Hernandez and Tavares, is with the money they're making, are they going to be sat no matter how bad they play? You know, can Hannigan beat her, beat out Hernandez? Is there any way that he's going to get more playing time, no matter how well they play? And the same thing in center field. I think they're great questions, but, and I don't know the yeah, answer. If I want to be optimistic, the only thing I can say is, unlike Patterson and unlike Paul Bacco, those two guys don't have a path with Dusty Baker. True. And you know, there's money involved. But you know, Baker Baker did cut bait on Patterson pretty quickly last year. I mean, when he got sent down in in May, I think. And as you said, the injuries to various outfielders, you couldn't keep a good man down. But yeah, I don't know. I, 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 think Tavares, I think Tavares is on every Tavares is in the field every day. He's got he's got a two year contract and he's going to be playing every day. I can see Hannigan beating out Hernandez, but I honestly can't see Hannigan hitting well enough to beat out Hernandez. But and, and Hernandez is making more money than Tavares. Yeah, yeah. They didn't, the Reds didn't sign that contract. I think that's a little bit of the difference. That's true. And I don't, I don't, I don't think he's under contract for more than this year. But I could be wrong on that. 
Is so it I, I, I was thinking it was a two. It might be. I, I don't know. I see that more. I'm more like Real Cormier than Mike Stanton. If you want to hey. put him in the pantheon of bad contracts. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, now down to Cormier and Stanton. I mean, goodness. Who's next? <laughs> I, can't get away from it. I, I, I promised myself I wouldn't mention Jimmy Anderson, but there it is. Oh, no. Uh, maybe we should just cut bait now and uh, call it a wrap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, in terms of uh, Tavares, you know, if he's batting eighth, he's, he, I think you're right. He's probably going to be out there every day. They just signed him to a two-year deal. He's going to be there. If he's hitting eighth, I'm probably not going to complain as much, especially if his defense is improved. I expect uh, I'd expect don't expect Hannigan to not, no matter what he does I'd be very surprised if he's uh, able to rest the majority of the bats away at the catcher position um, to shift gears a little bit move move left uh, Bill I think you had a post uh, at Red Leg Nation about uh, some rumors regarding Luis Gonzalez. But, but hang on, before we move away from that, sure. My, my my question is this: How many guys can we hit eighth? <laughs> That's, that's a good I mean, question. Seriously, <laughs> we got about three or four that should hit there. Exactly. I mean, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, this is yeah, uh, the, this is this is what I said to a friend of mine in San Diego before last season that the Padres had all number six and number eight hitters, and you saw how their season turned out. And I, I feel like we're in the same position. Well, maybe like you know. Go a ahead. Guys, you could justify batting in, in five or the two hole, but we don't really have a true number three or a true number four yet. Uh, certainly not a true leadoff man, and then nobody that I'd like to bat second. So, yeah. a lot of a lot of similar uh, guys with similar holes in their games, I guess, on yeah. this team. I agree. But we've got Micah Owings, so whenever he's pitching, we can let him bat, uh, you know, fifth or something. Some of these guys, Tavares can bat ninth. Let him eight. Let him eight. Let him go. Yeah. That'll be perfect. It'll be yeah. beautiful. Okay. Bill, about those uh, Luis Gonzalez rumors, uh, what do you think? You know, initially I threw up in my mouth a little bit when I read that. But I went and looked at his numbers a little bit more. And, you know, if he was gonna, if they were going to sign him to be a fourth outfielder or something for a low-price low contract, a one-year deal or something, I'm not sure I'd have a problem with it. I mean, he had a, an OPS plus of 111 last year. Now, it was only 136 games. But, you know, are we going to get that out of, out of some of these other – are we going to get that out of Chris Dickerson? Are we going to get that out of Tavares? Are we going to get it out of Hopper? I want, th- I want the 2001 Luis Gonzalez. With the, that's the one I want. Well, let's bring Eric yeah. Davis out of retirement, you know. <laughs> well, I, I just look at Gonzalez, and I don't disagree with what you're saying, Bill, and I think he – you know, if he puts up a 770 OPS, and I, I looked at his splits, and he really, you know, he had a really hard time against left-hand pitchers. You protect him even a little bit more than they, than the Marlins did. You may bump those numbers up a little bit. Well, I guess my question is, do the, does it help the Reds as an organization to have Luis Gonzalez in left field this year? Because we know it's only a one-year deal at the most. And is, is it better to do to give him those at bats, or just give him to Chris Dickerson and let him let, let everyone figure out if he's going to be able to play at the major league level and what he's got? I mean, I, I I'm not under any illusion that this team is going to compete in 2009 with the Cubs uh, adding Milton Bradley and and really not losing anyone other than Kerry Wood. Uh, the Cardinals should probably be good. You know, and the same with the Brewers. I don't think the Reds are going to be able to hang in this division. I'd just assume 
we not fool around very much with veteran presence in 2009 and just try to sort things out for 2010? But he's a professional hitter. He's a veteran. <laughs> Come on. And I know. I need to listen to the hot stove league a little bit more. Yeah. What would Tracy Jones think about you guys? I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm embarrassed for the Red Lake Nation. I, you know, but I do agree with you, Chris. I mean, if you're going to go young, go young. Um, you know, if Stubbs is ready halfway through the year, or Dorn, or or who knows, you know, Frazier maybe if if they decide to if, if I was if I was Frazier, I'd be begging the Reds to play me in the outfield. Uh, yeah. You know, who knows when these guys are going to be ready? And and if you're paying a Gonzalez money, are you going to cut him so that you can bring one of these guys up? I, you know, I don't know if the Reds would do that. They well, haven't shown a propensity to do that in the past. And I think Chris has got a good point in that Luis Gonzalez is not going to be a part of the next uh, Reds, you know, winning team. Uh, Chris Dickerson might, whether it's as a fourth outfielder or uh, even as a platoon star or anything. Uh, there's a chance that he could. Uh, throw him out there. Let's see. What, if, if we don't have any better options, um, throw him out there and let's see what he can do. Yeah, and, you know, getting back to what we talked about first, I think if you do that, that makes it much more sensible to trade a guy like Arroyo away. The guy who's, who's well, yeah. he's got a couple more years left on his contract, is getting a little older, is probably not going to be that good. And, and, you know, get something else for him. And, and I think there's only, I mean, if we're talking about trades, there's only two guys right now that I think are, are, are guys that you want to look at trading. I think Arroyo's one, and I think Phillips is the other. Maybe Harang. You know, I, I, I would hate to see Harang go. But those are the only two guys that, that aren't real, real young that, are, that, that would bring anything. Yeah, and in terms of value and uh, really that the Reds could afford to trade, I'm with you uh, on either one of those. Uh, although I'm, I, you know, I, I don't want to see Harango necessarily. Um, he's been a part of some rough teams and been the the anchor of them. I'd like to see him be around when the Reds are good, but that's just sort of selfishly uh, my thoughts on it. Um, and with Phillips, you know, you talk about an outcry uh, if he's traded though. Um, I don't know what I don't know how he's become so popular, and he's a good little player. I like Brandon Phillips, um, but I just don't understand why he is uh, considered to be as good as everybody seems to think he is. I mean, he's good, but he's not great. I that blows my mind. I think more than it's a bigger mystery than anything I've seen with the Reds in a long time from a fan popularity standpoint. A guy like Friel, a guy like Sean Casey, that made sense, but. But Brandon Phillips, he's he got a little bit of a hot dog in him. He's He hasn't been a part of a successful team, and he hasn't really put up incredible numbers on an individual level, but somehow he's mesmerized the local media and the fans into into annoying him as the face of the organization. And I just I just don't get it. And from what I've heard, he's not the easiest guy to deal with for the media anyway. So I don't understand what kind of spell he's cast on him, but – and like you said, Chad, he's a good player, but he's he's certainly not on the untouchables list if I'm running the team. Yeah, well, he, you know, someone told me this is uh, maybe something to throw into the mix. Someone with the Reds last summer told me that the organization absolutely loves the guy because anything they ask him to do for the Reds Community Fund or marketing, anything, he never says no. He says yes to absolutely everything they ask. So maybe that's part of the reason why they're, uh, he's being pushed as the face of the organization a little bit. Yeah, that's the Sean I mean, Casey School of Baseball. Yeah. Yeah, if you're running, you know, if you're running a business, which baseball is, it's 
that's a consideration. I don't, I don't deny that, that they need to have someone who can help them market their product. But from a strictly baseball standpoint, uh, good but not great is my conclusion on him. And that, that actually brings me to something I, that really sort of you don't even like to. I don't like to discuss it on the on the blogs these days because you just get uh, get chewed on by everybody. But how much more valuable is Brandon Phillips if you shift him over to shortstop, or is he more valuable? Considering the, the, the setup of the Reds roster as it is, I think he's definitely more valuable, and it's one of the mysteries of the last few years why they haven't why that's taboo. I think a guy like Jeff Kepinger could be a regular second baseman in the major leagues and could be a pretty decent one, especially when he's cheap, but he can't play shortstop, and he can't be an efficient third baseman either. So you slide Phillips over, maybe he's a he's a good instead of a good shortstop instead of a great second baseman defensively, but you, you strengthen your team, I think, significantly if you make that switch. I think that's the key right there. I don't necessarily agree it makes him a more valuable player. Because he's still the same player whether he's playing shortstop or second base, but it makes the team better. And isn't that what the point is supposed to be? Well, and, yeah, and I don't know. Where, go ahead. I don't know where to point the finger on that. I, I you know, I, I've never heard anything that said Brandon Phillips is unwilling to play short. Uh, you know, I think I've never heard of a, of a guy who didn't want to play shortstop and a player who didn't want to play shortstop. But it's it's something in the organization that that's just never even been tried, at least in a. In a, in a game, and, and maybe Phillips doesn't want to make that move. We, I, we don't know that. I know that uh, he's talked many times about uh, how he idolized Barry Larkin uh, growing up. So you'd think he might be uh, interested in, in doing that. Although he's not going to, uh, you know, be able to be the next Barry Larkin. Uh, there, there won't be another one of those, maybe. But, uh, but I, I agree. I think he helps the team, and I think it's a natural. Uh, you mentioned Chris. You mentioned Kevinger. Uh, the guy just showed last year. You know, I just don't think he can hold the day-to-day duties at shortstop. But that guy could be a major league second baseman. He's as good as maybe half the second baseman they're out there already playing in this league. Yeah, I looked at his numbers compared to Mark Grudzelanek, who was another guy who came up to shortstop and, and moved over to second pretty early in his career. And they're they're really very similar. And I Grudzelanek, you know, had a much longer career I think than anyone would have expected back in 1993 or 94. He's still kicking around and. Like Kepinger could have a pretty similar, pretty similar career path, I think, if he if he got the chance to play second. Yeah, it's another one of those guys that uh, come into the wrong situation, end up not really having as much of a career as they could. Uh, somebody else of equal or lesser talent that just happened to be in the right spot at the right time. Yeah, and well, it looked like Cincinnati was that spot in time for Kepinger. I mean, he this is his third or his fourth organization yeah. in a pretty pretty short time frame, and he really doesn't do anything but but get on base when he's healthy. And I just, like I said, I just don't think shortstop's the place for him. What was really telling about the Phillips situation is last year, when everyone started, all the shortstops started getting hurt, they played Jerry Hairston there, who, if I recall correctly, had never played short in the major leagues before that day. And, you know, it was, it was before they had a chance to get Yanish up here as even an emergency shortstop, they didn't consider moving Phillips over there, which I thought, you know, if there's ever going to be a time where you can justify moving a guy around even on a short-term basis i thought that was it and and they decided not to do it then so and we all saw what hairston was like and he looked like a guy who'd never played shortstop before yeah Yeah, going back going back to keppinger for a minute how much of a chance do you think he's going to be given this year considering his struggles in the second half last year i mean he really struggled after the all-star break last year 
I don't I don't think he's going to get much of a chance at all, barring injuries, to be honest with you. I, I think that if they're looking for another shortstop, it's going to be Harrison the first option. Of course, Harrison gets hurt every other day, so maybe that he will get to play there. Um, uh, you know, Encarnacion has been hurt a little bit. Uh, he might get to play some at third, and, uh, but uh, maybe, maybe you guys disagree, but I'm not sure Kepinger. I think he, his window may have unfortunately closed with this organization. Unless they play Harrison in left field, I mean we still got pro- I mean we still got a big hole in left field too. Ugh. Yeah, that's I don't want to think about that. I, I don't know. I think I think I have to think Kevin Jones hurt because well I, you know I didn't get on the bandwagon in in '07 when everyone was in love with him. I, I did think he was a pretty good player, and I thought the slugging percentage wasn't going to be repeated. But he has you know I think he's had a 370 or more on base basically at every level every season other than last year. So. I think that's I think that's real. I think he'll be able to do that. I do too. It be as simple as he comes out in spring training and, and smokes the ball for three weeks, and reminds everybody of that, and they find a place to to put him in. Especially when you're dealing with Harrison, Alex Gonzalez, there are going to be injuries. He's going to get a chance to get in the lineup somewhere. I think. I just hope he takes advantage of it. I think he's going to have to. Yeah, and, and you know, if, if they find a, find themselves in a spot where he really doesn't have a job. He's a guy you could trade too. He's young enough that he could slide into a starting spot or be a super sub for the right organization. I think he'd be a good, he'd be a good part of a package. I think he could be a very valuable player for a good organization in the right spot. I really do. I, uh, you know, they're not, he's not going to ever be a world beater defensively, but the, the guy can hit. He's always hit. He's the kind of guy like like St. Louis always seems to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and St. Louis is uh, you know. They're they win all, every year. They win, and uh, maybe uh, Walt can bring his magic over from uh, St. Louis. But I got my fingers crossed. But uh, one last question: If Chris Dickerson uh, does get a lot of playing time, is he going to be uh, the second coming, or is he going to be Chris Steins? What do you think? I think I think he's going to be cl- a lot closer to his minor league numbers than what we saw last year. I mean, he was he was unconscious when he was up here, you know. And late in the season, and, and he's just not that player. Um, I think he's the guy that that they that the Reds saw for years in, in the minor leagues. You know, I think he was having a career year last year. He had a good, you know, he had a he had a real good year at Louisville before he got called up, and then just even got better when he came to the Reds. But I don't think that's the player he is. You know, I agree with that. I, I I really like Chris Dickerson as a as a guy and as a player, but I don't think he's gonna. You know, like over 500, like I think he did last year. That was a a hot streak. But I do think he's in his prime, his prime age-wise. He's got a chance to put together three or four years where he's an effective, you know, I'd say a fringe starter, maybe to a little bit better than that. So right now, that's probably the best thing the Reds have. I I think if I was forced to start the season today and you put me in charge of the Reds, that's probably who'd be starting left field for me. At least until he proved that, that he couldn't do it. Yeah, I, 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 agree. I think that over the next few years he could be a valuable member of this organization. Just uh, he's not the he's not the player that a lot of the guys that want to call in the, call into WLW want to uh, want to say that he is. And uh, every time somebody has a good September, you, you know, it, 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 well, it reminds me of Chris Steins every time. Everybody thinks he's just the the next superstar. Um, and I'm afraid that Chris Dickerson is going to disappoint some people if he doesn't live up to that, when that's not the player he is. But the player that he is going to be for the next few years can be one that can really help this team. Yeah, he's, he's another – I think he's another fourth outfielder. You know, I, I wish he was right-handed because, you know, 
somebody like he and Dorn would be a great platoon. Yeah. The problem, is, you know, but I'm looking at his numbers here now, and, and, you know, he had an 863 OPS at Louisville before he got called up last year, and he's never had anything close. Well, he had an 858 OPS in college, but nothing else even close to that. I mean, he's, he's a guy that's going to be in the 700s, and, you know, you hope he plays good defense and steals you a few bases and gets, you know, gets on base, and, and I think that's about what you can expect out of him. Well, yeah, I don't know about the defense. you got a really small sample size, and it's just my observation from watching television. But he made a few bungles out there in left field that, that really surprised me, given his reputation. Yeah, he also uh, had a couple of uh, boneheaded mistakes on the base pads last year in September, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. again, not matching up with what was kind right. of promised. We were promised a guy who didn't hit that great but played smart ball and played good defense, and he kind of turned everything on his head. Small sample size, small sample yeah. size. Yeah, 31. I mean, he played 31 games with the Reds last year, so, you know. I think uh, well, I agree with I think what both of you all are saying. I guess if, if we go into the opening day with the roster we currently have, um, throw, throw Dickerson out there, see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, the problem is in the outfield right now is you've got one guy that you're comfortable with as a starter. Uh, the rest of the, the the guys on the on the heck the rest of the outfielders on the forty man are all platoon guys or, or, or fillers. And, and that one guy's played what hundred games in the major leagues. Right. Yeah. Oh mercy. But but I, I mean, I watched Jay Jay Bruce at, at Dayton, and I saw him in Sarasota. And I've been watching baseball for for fifty years. Well, not fifty years. I've been watching baseball for forty years, and. I've never seen the ball rocket off a bat like it comes off the bat of Jay Bruce. The ball just rockets off his bat. He is going to be as good as he's been touted. I have absolutely no doubt about that. And if there's one thing to really uh, to look forward to watch to on this team, for me, that's it, watching that kid develop. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch. <laughs> Guys, we've kind of gone a little bit longer than we wanted to. Anything? Any last thoughts? Uh Bill, you first. No, I mean just uh, like you said, the 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 thing. I don't think any of us expect the Reds to be successful in two thousand and nine, um, and you hope that the that the people that come to the ballpark and the people like us that that follow the team realize that the joy is going to come out of watching the young players develop. You know, the the, the Bruces and the Vados and the Volquezes and the Cuetos and, 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 you know, whoever else ends up coming up this year, whether we see the the Dorns or the, the Ranickies or, or whoever else it might be, they're going to have to cut their teeth. And, you know, there's going to be some growing pains, but the fun is going to be watching to see how good they can be. I agree, Chris. Last yeah, I'm agree with that. I, I'm having a hard time getting excited for this season, but if there's going to be anything, that, that's it. The, the youth in this team is they've got they've got some talent that we haven't seen in in probably ten years. I would say young talent, a collection of it, and I'm interested to see how it pans out. I just I'm not looking forward to having to sift through Willie Tavares and and uh, Ramon Hernandez and some of the other direct on the roster to watch it. So I guess we just... the, the summer will be shorter than than uh, I'm imagining right now. Just keep reminding yourself, there's a real chance this team could be uh, really taking a step forward in, in 2010 at least. So there's something out there, hopefully. There's a lot possibly at the end of this tunnel, although we've thought that before. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, 
Well, appreciate you joining us, uh, joining me here tonight uh, on the podcast. And Bill, I think uh, let me just go ahead and let you. You've got a couple of interviews coming up. I think you got set up. You want to tell us about those? Yeah, we're doing a, an interview shortly with uh, Matt Clinker before he heads south for the uh, for spring training, and shortly after that, we're going to talk to Logan Parker. So our two uh, spotlight players that we haven't heard from lately, we're going to get a chance to sit down and talk with for a few minutes. Fantastic. Those those are they're good kids. I, I'm really impressed with all the guys that have joined us as spotlight players. Just outstanding, uh, outstanding young men uh, representing this organization. You know, that's, before we close up real quick, that's that's something I want to talk about uh, just for a second is is these kids, and I've met now, you know, uh, probably five or six of the kids that have, that have been have been wanting to be associating with us on this Spotlight Player Program, uh, from Bo Lanier to Russell Haldewanger, who got traded for Jeff Kepinger, um, to uh, Thomas Pauley, to Logan Parker, to Matt Clinker, to Tyler, St- Tyler Stovall. Every one of them has been a quality kid, just the nicest people in the world. And you just if you you root for them as much as baseball players as you do as people, that you just hope that they're successful because they're such really classy people. Yeah, they are. They're they're just uh, I've been continually impressed with all of them. Um, I'm also impressed with you, Chris, being able to get home with all that snow tonight. Uh, You you sure you're safe and sound? uh, Buried. I'm looking out. I've got to get the snowblower out and probably get about six or eight inches off the driveway so I can go to work tomorrow. Uh, oh, uh, work's not so much fun, but uh, let it snow. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks to everyone out there listening. If you've got any questions or comments or suggestions, uh, just shoot me an email at uh, chad at redlegnation.com. Thanks for joining us uh, here in Red Leg Nation on the uh, Red Leg Nation radio podcast. therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10 percent on your first month that's better help h-e-l-p For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.